Hello and welcome to Material Episode 143. I'm one of your hosts, Russell Ivanovich. I am also one of your hosts, but I am Andy Anatko. And I am also one of your hosts, but I am Florence Ion. Wow, with three people, each with individual personalities and slightly different accents. Three people. It's Uh, amazing. Yeah. Is that true? Complete your setup by choosing your voice profile now. <laughs> Click this button to hear. <laughs> oh another my sound. goodness! This is a complete and utter diversion. I don't know how we're going to get onto this, but have either of you set up a Windows 10 computer recently? Have you Have you seen what it does? So the the first thing it does is it boots up and it's all like, oh, cool! Like new install process doesn't look like DOS 32 anymore. Like it's all high res and stuff. That's pretty impressive. And then if you've got a room full of them, one by one, all the Cortanas turn on and they're like, "Hi, I'm Cortana. I'm here to help you." Set. You're like, "What is happening?" <laughs> Yeah, it's both oh cool and uh, disturbing. Yeah, nothing to do so with the show. So if you're but. like, if you're like setting up a computer lab with Windows 10, yeah, then like all 20 computers just go off at the same time. Like, yeah. hi, I'm Cortana. <laughs> I'm here to help you set up Windows. Let's get started. It's like, oh, what's going on? I had a little bit of a conundrum. I wouldn't call it a conundrum. It was like sort of one of those little questions that makes you really look deep, deep within your psyche and questions what you believe, what you don't believe. Because uh, I finally got my hands on a Google Home Max for for testing. And yeah. For the first time, for good. the first time since the, <laughs> I, not that I've spent, not that I've set up like a min, uh, eighteen Google Google Homes in the in the past year, but for the first time, I noticed that during the setup, it was asking me essentially, do you want a male voice or a female voice to talk oh, back yeah. to? And I, I and mm. I was about to just just by default. Well, I've I, I, I've learned I've learned to respond to the female voice because when back when that was the only thing available and then I'm not kidding me I'm not kidding I was actually just standing there with my phone in my hand with my finger hovering over that button thinking oh, wait a minute am I being like sexist by saying that the, <laughs> the assistant should be female should is it is has it become important to me now to make that a male voice and should I now transition all of my assistants to male voices because hmm. by default when these these the software started hmm. appearing uh, X years ago with Siri, they were all like female voices, and finally I realized that I really want to hear what this sounds like. I'll 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 leave this sort of like deep, 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 deep debate about gender and mm-hmm. and software for another date. I just want to start listening to David Bowie, please. Uh, I thought about what I need to do now. Actually, I have three of these things in my house. Clearly, the Max, which currently resides in my little office space needs to have the male voice so that I can officially have my own little <laughs> you your own Google family. This little man that I get to control. <laughs> you will do uh, what I say. Is it hot in here or is it just me? I mean, I'm just, well, no, I'm just, you know, all the, I've always wanted to lord over a small village of people. So clearly... I, like I should it. lord over a bunch of Google Max or Maxes. I feel like Google's introduced Google us to the situation where, like, have either of you played like an RPG game before where the first yes. thing you do, the game starts and it's like, set up your character. And you're like, male, I'm female. Me. Do you want to be like a cat? Do you want to be a lizard? Do you want to be like humanoid? I Do you want to be was an elf? Cat. 
in Skyrim or a Khajiit. Exactly. But do you ever spend like a full two hours on that screen just going like, Yes. I don't know. Do I want to be this? I want the arches to look exactly the same because I work hard What's the exact distance I want between my – and like two hours later, you're like, oh, I've actually run out of time to play this game, so I'm just going to turn it off now. Yeah, that's that's how I remember my first first and only game of D&D where we spent like what seemed like an entire afternoon like creating characters and filling up paperwork and the game lasted all of like six minutes. Do you think Rome was built in a day? No, you've got to spend your time on these characters when you're building them. And, you know, to that end, I I do foresee a future where I foresee a future, maybe not in the next couple of years, but I just foresee this time where the way robots will be sold to us is with how much customization that we can have over them. Because that's how effectively we'd have the stuff really normalized and and easy to interact with is when it becomes, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into it as well, but I imagine, I mean, make the consumer happy. Oh gosh, could you imagine like the, oh, there's some, I'm thinking about some creepy stuff. Like, like <laughs> what if, like, okay, maybe this is taking it too far, but I'm going to go ahead and say it and put it out there. Uh, you know, like, what if you wanted to recapture the voice of a beloved one who maybe has passed? Whoa. And you put that into, <laughs> I know, I'm putting that but out there. Think, think about, let, thing, let's say but... this beloved one is one of us, right? There is literally on the internet, yes. like, especially like considering probably you, yourself and Andy have probably been on more podcasts, thousands of hours worth of your voice in recorded form that someone it's could true. synthesize. Well, don't put, uh, don't put uh, that uh, out to the universe. <laughs> You're, so you're, either you're, you're going to die. Well, you will one day, unfortunately. But Adobe, uh, Adobe has an annual like sort of you know de- developers conference, and yeah. the highlight of the, the highlight of the thing is where they show off stuff that they're working on, even, not even necessarily things that they're working on for a future release, just cool ideas that they're playing with, and is now at a demoable level. And what they de- what they demonstrated was I don't know it was last year or the year before was how it could actually build a synthetic voice very very quickly using a fairly limited number of samples and the way that they pitch this is for their audio editing uh component of uh, adobe creative cloud so that let's say that you're trying to do uh you're trying to do an edit but something someone in the audience coughed while someone while you were saying something that was the, the, a proper name or something rather than have you loop it over again you could just sort of it's just eight syllables <sighs> i'll just like sort of fake it through uh, and by doing it, all those it, recordings they... I've always misheard. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So, <laughs> and so they demonstrated it by having uh, I think a, a, a half of Key and Peel was one they hired as one of the co-hosts of the event. And so they had, and during like his opening monologue or just idle idle chit chat like to the crowd, they said, "Oh well, here's my relationship. How I work with. Uh, I was talking to my wife and uh, about how like I'm working with Keenan Me- Key. Key. I, I I do not know the names of them individually, but of course they just by typing they just and selecting in the time in that the the recording timeline of here individual words. So please put a gap here and now typing in like I was I spent the afternoon with my partner's wife." Keenan Peel's wife, and she had a good time, and it actually sounded you would you would if you were listening to it in a podcast, like in a in a in a quiet office, you might wonder what you had just heard, but you know you just heard. If you were God forbid, like uh, outside on your bike, you would not question that it was the right voice. But but more but more seriously than that, you mentioned like all this audio from podcasts. Um, a friend of mine 
uh, had uh, uh, got very, very sick. And as a result, he had to have like major surgery uh, that so he lost his voice. Uh, and so uh, because he was a professional broadcaster, they actually this was like five, six, seven, eight, eight years ago. Uh, they actually had like hours and hours and hours of clean professional recordings of his voice. And I think there was a, a firm in Scotland that was actually making a synthetic voice so that when he still he would still do like uh, readings and uh, appearances and lectures. And so rather than having this, he was using the uh, the, the Macintosh one of the built-in uh, text-to-speech modules, mm -hmm. but they managed to create a voice that was very, very similar to his natural voice. So that's that would be that it, we're, we're joking about falsifying people think saying things that are silly. But there are a lot of people who are going to be in that situation where they have a catastrophic injury or a surgery where they have to give up speaking, and the ability to preserve their voice so they can at least still speak with the voice that their loved ones still expect. That's a great application of technology. Yeah, and they should still have the opportunity to be like, that's not what I sound like. You hear it back, that's just definitely not what I sound like. It's like, no, no, that, that's exactly what you sound I like. I definitely sound a lot more bassy and masculine and baritone than that. So, hey speaking guys, of guys, let's not, uh, well, I just want to say, let's not forget how creepy it is <laughs> to have somebody call with your voice. It's not you. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, no, abso no absolutely. Every single cool technology First by teenagers and then by people. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm specifically. What's the first? The first technology is uh, years and years ago. You, you, people get a dictionary. What's the first thing they do? They look up all the rude words in it. And so the first <laughs> thing people are going to do with this is is to like get uh, get like uh, recordings of Eleanor Roosevelt and have her like being rapping along to. I'm back. <laughs> I like big butts and I cannot lie. <laughs> She's saying I like big butts. <laughs> oh, we've really gone down the rabbit hole in this one. I have to know, Andy, though. Like, Flo's already told us her thoughts in the Google Home Max a few weeks back since she's had it for a while. What What do you think of yours? Has it Has it blown yeah. your mind? Does it sound amazing? Is it just like middle of the road? Like, it's what do you think? Blown your mind. Uh, I, I, uh, I like is it, it a lot. Adjusted to your room's yeah. acoustics. <laughs> I'm not see. I'm not so sure about that. It did take uh, like a day. F I feel as though it took a day for it to break itself in. I'm not talking about like all the cool software acoustics. I'm talking about just speakers that were oh, from it's the like factory. Imagining a horse that you were riding, trying to <laughs> just Andy just playing gentle music at like volume twenty percent, just until he kind of breaks yeah, it in for the first thousand k's. You see the respect between man and animal. There, it has to be an earned relationship, and so it's going to take time as trust is built between these two creatures. But once there is that kind of bond that's been formed, it's not easily broken. No, it's not. It was, it's a damn speaker. Uh, yeah. I, I, my 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 poor. I, I picked a poor a bad time to move from again a house that's in a yard separated by volumes of air from my neighbors to again sort of like a downtown <laughs> place in an old building with not terribly thick walls. Hey, new uh, neighbors, so want to want to hear my new speaker? Google volume one hundred percent, please. I hope you, I hope you like Foo Fighters because there's going to be a lot of Foo Fighters. I'm looking for the sky, baby. I'm just yeah. this whole scene. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I dig. I, I, I've been digging digging it a lot. Um, what I'm gonna, uh, my plan is to listen to it like as my. It's it's now like my office speaker. You mm -hmm. know, my sort of incidental. I want to listen to something while I'm doing something that I would rather not be doing. Usually involving email. Um, and before that, my daily speaker was either the standard 
uh, Google Home Mini, excuse me, the standard Google Home or the iPod Hi-Fi <laughs> with a with a with a Chromecast plugged into it. And I have to admit, it didn't. It the the this four hundred dollar speaker did not absolutely blow my socks off to begin with. Um, it's it's I'm getting greater appreciation for it as time goes by, but uh, it's it's nice. I'm just not sure if it's four hundred dollars nice yet. It's 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 not again. I don't want to say it's underwhelming. I'm saying that uh, it's it's the difference between it's you. If I had never heard this before, I would still be. I would probably be very very happy with a hundred or two hundred dollar speaker set. Uh, side by side, it's definitely better, but it's not. Oh my god! It's, it's not like the difference between. Uh, here it is. Like, remember the first time you got like a laptop with like a Retina, like a Retina display, like a high definition display, and I've never it was had a laptop with a Retina display. But go on, <laughs> oh. <laughs> must be nice. <laughs> oh, now I feel bad. I've got. I've got no, it's I've, okay. Okay. <laughs> I've never spent remember that, that time much your money on a friend got a high resolution. I refuse to spend a lot of money on a laptop. Go ahead. Sorry. The thing is, no, it is, a, it is applicable, Flo, because I reckon <laughs> the day that you do, you're going to find it really hard to go back. You, you think like, I don't care about pixels, like it's fine, whatever. Like I can, I've worked with this screen for like 10 years. Like I literally have a screen in front of me that we've had for like ages. But then the problem is you you, you so much as look at a high resolution display for like 10 minutes and then you go back and you're like, how can I look at this garbage? Like it's all fuzzy, <laughs> like things are yeah. all like not yeah. sharp. And it, it's not something that ever bothered you before, but suddenly like it does. Sorry, yeah. Andy. Back to you. I don't know, but that, that's exactly right. And there's, I've been listening to a. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I uh, I've been listening to lots and lots and lots of opera. I like opera. It's Good wonderful. Also, and also, opera really, really makes speakers just yeah, beg to does. be shut off. It's. I listen really to dance hard. music, electronica, yeah. progressive house, techno, trance. I want to hear. I want to not EDM. I don't listen to EDM. <laughs> I listen to the real stuff. You know, no Jamera, put on a Jamiroquai. Uh, and <laughs> I like the guy? way the Google Home Max sounds, yeah. you know, but the basses are really, the bass is really bassy. It's like, it's just this very like, it's just move. It's, you know. Yeah. A, 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 a lot of it, a lot of it was just getting used to intrusive. how this once. I just see uh, again. I don't. I don't do a lot of bassy music. I'm. It's. I'm not oh, moving on see? to that. I, I, yeah, I haven't opera. done the categorical. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, opera is more sports. like here is somebody <laughs> singing a super high note. Yeah. But it's not. But it's not like a. It's not like a musical instrument. It is a voice that has like breath and character to it. Yeah. So you can't just sort of like flatten it out to a tone, which is what like every other speaker That's does. True. But what what I will say is that I love uh, I I come I've come to really really like the Google Home as a, a home audio system. I love the idea now that I've moved I've moved some of the stuff around so that now the Google Home regular mm-hmm. one is now in the living room. I've got another one that's now moved into the kitchen. So it's sort of like I, I'm sort of using like the Sonos features of it, where I've got one I can direct any piece of music or any piece of audio to whatever speaker is appropriate. And because the bedroom is the place where I don't have like a big hi-fi system set up and I also I'm more of a casual listener that's where I've got the $400 speaker set up and if in the future I decide to pick up another one of these now I can pair them off for stereo so I like that idea um, I haven't uh, I haven't received uh, a, uh, a home pod for testing yet and so I'm curious to find out if uh, if it's so much better that it can make up for the fact that it's not part of this system where for $30, $130 or $400, I can put a speaker wherever I want it to go. 
Like I probably one of these is would probably eventually go into the bathroom so that like while I'm shaving or showering, I can continue to listen whatever I'm listening to. So I'm 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 or you could uh, get a built into your mirror. I mean, come on, Andy, it's the future. <laughs> it's the, We're it's the 21st it. century. I, I have a, I have a I super don't, quick... I don't, want my, I don't want to hear my mirror judging me. As <laughs> oh, man, like the you first listen, time... Listen to the Gilbert Gottfried podcast. So, you're shaving now, are you? Like, oh, God. <laughs> yes, it's what I do. I, I, I know this is not a new feature. This has been on the Google Home for a while, but I tested this for the first time um, this weekend. So I'm in bed and it's, it's reasonably late. My kids are older, they don't wake up at the crack of dawn and jump all over me anymore like they, they do their own thing now they make their own breakfast it's amazing but they're making so much noise and they're like down the other end of the house and all you that can is hear rude. is just kids being rude and then <laughs> i realized then i realized there's a google home mini in their bathroom because one of them uses it for like a teeth brushing timer because i don't know if you've ever seen kids brush teeth they feel like five seconds yes. and they're done so you make them set a timer and yes. they're like this takes forever anyway there's one in their bathroom there's one in the, the main sort of forever. lounge area there's one in our room and then i remember that these things have a broadcast feature so you can literally go to the assistant <laughs> App. You don't even have to talk to it. You just type the Hurry word. Up. You just type the word broadcast, and then anything you type or say, like after the word broadcast, it will actually announce to all the Google Homes in your house. So I'm just sitting there in bed, just Where's being my like, "Food, guys, keep it down. Be quiet." And Sorry, like, I was Google's shouting talking. things. I've yelled at my husband through that, which is, "Hurry up! Where's my food?" <laughs> oh, it's I'm so a terrible. Good. Person. It's such a cool little feature. Like if you've never tried that, try that. Just talk to your assistant. Say broadcast and whatever you want, and it'll broadcast it to your house. Well, before before we go to commercial, though, I have to. I'm glad that we wound up to this. I've got a friend that has now is having a problem because he has like African gray parrots, like really really smart parrots, and they learn ah, very yes. quickly. <laughs> and because my friend and like the people in the house have a lot of like Google Assistant apps, the mm. parrot will just simply say, you know, hey hey Guillermo. And then the next thing, oh. and then whatever, and then oftentimes, like, he'll come home or he'll be working someplace, and suddenly, like, some random song will start playing, like, Lionel, Lionel Richie's Hello, because, <laughs> like, hello, like, playing Lionel Richie, hello, I've been along with you inside my mind. So we, we need, so again, Google engineers who listen to this show, we need, like, parrot rejection algorithms for uh, parrot identification and rejection algorithms for for Google Home. Andy, can you record this? Is this a friend that you can visit? Because I'd <laughs> like be to hear cool this. To see, actually, I, I know it's a little invasive, but you know, if if your friend were open to his parrot, that could that could happen. I'm just not sure that we could afford the licensing fees for anything by Lionel Richie. Uh, maybe that's, maybe that's we can fair. train him to maybe we can train him to like say the word Yankee Doodle because that's public domain. We could definitely like yeah, play. Yeah, I know. Especially now that Lionel Richie is on American Idol, the reboot. Oh, so he's definitely back in the spotlight. <laughs> you you, right you there, used to be one of the Commodores, Harry. man, and now you're on not just American Idol, but the reboot. The reboot. <laughs> Speaking of, I'm not reboots. saying. I'm just. I'm not judging. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> oh, poor Lionel. Super quick before we go to the ad break. Um, we covered this last week that potentially Android Wear was going to be renamed Wear OS, and literally, I think the second we press stop recording, flow Google actually announced it as an actual thing. Like, yep, we're rebranding it. And apparently, it's already um, rolled out to a whole bunch of watches. And <laughs> what's new? That's do nice. do you know what's new? Like, nope. new logo. I, Ooh, I don't even you know where my now. watches are. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's yeah. where I'm at. It is a cool yeah. brand, though. I, I do like it. It's just, it's just no, a bit I sad agree. they don't get any features. You just get a new logo. 
Yeah, it's it's nice. I'm sorry I wasn't I wasn't here you know, last week because I was still packing and moving. But uh, if I'm uh, if it means that they're going to be more aggressive about making it work on other platforms, making it work better with iOS, that's great. But I, I got to admit, I'm, I'm not saying I'm over wearables, but uh, during the house cleaning, I found this like Casio G-Shock watch that I nice. must have picked up a long time ago. It's the Bluetooth <laughs> model that can actually receive oh, like, text and stuff Bluetooth. like that. Ooh, yeah, but I, I must have. I must. I must have. I must have. I bought it. I think in t- in anticipation of the Apple Watch to sort of do a side by side of well, what if you just want a watch that just will like receive texts and stuff like that by 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 Bluetooth. And I forgot how nice it is to know, be able to find out what time it is just by looking at your wrist, as opposed by having to. While you're, while you're carrying a box or something, mm. having to, yeah, it's it's nice when uh, it's nice when a wristwatch tells you what time it is. It's a good feature for it to have, and it's a really good feature for it to do well. Yeah, um, I'm with you, Andy. So I I still wear a wearable, but the only reason I wear it is so I get notified when someone calls me because I generally have my phone on silent. I don't want it making noise and stuff during the day. But I don't I also don't want to miss calls. I know that's a weird sort of weird thing to do, but that's just me. And I do like the fact that my wrist buzzes like when there's a call, and that's pretty much all I use it for. I don't launch apps on there i'm not really super excited about i know some of our listeners will be in there probably getting really angry with us right now like why don't you love wearables more but i just i don't i don't wear watches somebody needs to make me like a connectable jade bracelet or something <laughs> like that has both you know both possesses spiritual uh powers and can track my steps i mean is that so much to ask i think this exists Flo. i'm gonna have to look this up and whack it in our show notes but a friend of mine um so he's a designer in melbourne mark edwards for mm-hmm. those of you that know him um he actually bought his i want to say niece or something like that um this bracelet that um yeah you can program so you can program it to change colors and do all sorts of like cool things and possibly even track your steps i'll have to find out you'll have to link me it's very exciting speaking of very exciting we should probably get to our first ad break yay This episode is brought to you by Pingdom. If your website was down right now, if visitors couldn't access your content or couldn't click that all-important buy now button, how would you know? You wouldn't until it was too late. And that's why you need Pingdom. They give you the peace of mind that you need. Pingdom will let you know the moment your site goes down in whatever way is best for you. They're dedicated to making the web faster and more reliable. If you're a Pingdom user, monitoring the availability and performance of your server, database, or website will be an absolute breeze. They use more than 70 global test servers that emulate visits to your site, checking its availability as often as every minute. Start monitoring your site today. All Pingdom needs is the URL and they take care of the rest. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial. That's two weeks of free trial with no credit card required. Then when you sign up, use the code material, which is the name of our podcast at checkout to get a massive 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. Well, moral crisis number two of the week. I don't know whether or not to tell. This is only the second one? I'm saying of the the show. Oh, if if we're talking about moral crises, uh, if this is the the Antionatko's Moral Crises podcast, not only is this going to be more than a weekly podcast, but much of it would have to be held until statutes of limitations have passed. So mm-hmm. let's not get into that. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm once again facing the problem of having to tell like all of my relatives, 
I re- I am skeeved out by Facebook enough that I don't care if I never see another one of your vacation photos or another one of your children's like great pieces of news ever again. I don't care if I ever see another one of your children ever again. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, this. I, they, it's not as though they ever Facebook ever was cool in my eyes. But oh my god, this week. Yeah, <laughs> it's been interesting. That's because you didn't use it for college. Because yeah. see, if you grew up using it for college. You know, well, that's that's where the Facebook started, was it not? In the uh, the US college scene. The thing that really um, gets me right for this show is that we've talked about this, and Andy especially has in past shows about how much I think individually all three of us are a little bit wary and skeeved by Facebook and how we don't like installing it or using it. And obviously, like it blew up in a big way this week. Says the Google users. Says the Google users. But I guess the question <laughs> I've been getting a lot is from, especially from people in the Apple camp, they're like, "All right, we we both agree, Facebook skeevy. Like we don't like them. They do really dodgy stuff. They harvest your data. You can go read all." The articles like we're not going to deep dive through it in the show but the question they sort of follow on with is how is google any different like a lot of their stuff's free and they're still mm-hmm, relying mm-hmm. on your data and whatever mm-hmm. else and I, I could begin to like launch into like 12 paragraphs about how like google mm-hmm. is different to facebook and how different they are but at a fundamental level it is true like google google holds on to your data really tightly they love harvesting it they love breaking it down into little chunks i guess the main difference for me is that Google doesn't then go and pass that on to, to third parties. Like they are all about using your data for like whatever the heck they can, like in the assistant or to help you out or to advertise like to you. But I don't think I've ever seen cases where, and I'm just talking about your particular personal information, like I, don't, I think I've seen cases where they pass it on. But there has been an interesting one in the the news this week where that um, I think Flo, you dropped this into the show notes about how now it's it's sort of come out that because they have all your location data, if you ever go to Google Maps and you do like a history search and you've got that feature turned on, you can see exactly mm-hmm. where you were, like exactly yes. a particular time of day, what shops you went to, exactly what route you took. Exactly um, which shops you went exactly, to. <laughs> exactly where you drove or walked or bust or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's eerily accurate. Like if you ever go in there and you just assume like, oh, they can't have super up-to-date you know stuff because it's just sitting in my pocket, isn't it? And you open the map and you're like, no, actually that's – Pretty much every single and place. And it's I've... constantly pinging to your, <laughs> exactly. to your uh, service provider, your and, location. Yeah. And then it comes out that law enforcement in the US is now asking Google for this data in the case of serious crimes. They're like, the crime happened in this region here. We can prove that. Um, so please, Google, can we have every single person that walks through this region like at this time, which starts to get into the territory of like, ooh, like I never considered that the data would be used in that way. Yeah, and this is this is really a, a fight, fight, fight sort of situation where uh, this is the, the the police in Raleigh, North Carolina have sort of taken it into their heads that it is now okay to simply to, – to, to, with friendly judges to simply uh, issue a search warrant to Google – for look for data on all phones that were within a certain radius of a certain crime scene at a certain time, uh, and by the way, these in these the warrant these search warrants they're also a little bit snippy because in, included in these search warrants are they're long long documents and the in the footnotes of every single one of these is like and uh, we we also we we understand that uh, that we really should only have to get a court order not a search warrant we understand that Google thinks that we want a search warrant but I don't think that we have to it's not the position of North Carolina it's not the position of it's like oh for heaven's sake and there and there it's that's uh, that adds a, another dollop of concern about this because with a search warrant you really have to 
prove that you have probable cause that the search warrant is going to turn up something probable specific. Cause. And uh, this is this is why Google says no. We're gonna we can't we can't turn down a valid search warrant. We can fight it, but we can't turn it. We can't we can we can fight the larger principle, but we can't if we if you give us a proper order, we have to comply with it. Uh, and everybody, essentially every legal expert that you consult about this is saying that unless <laughs> unless the the search warrant says that we know that the perpetrator trader had a cell phone and a Google account. Even then, it would be tenuous at best. Uh, and but that's not what they're saying. They're just simply saying that we want a list of every person that was at this that may have passed through this crime scene. And as you know, that that's a huge, huge net of people. And uh, as as usual, I. Uh, I'm sorry to say that in the last five to eight years, five to ten years, uh, all these privacy cases have given me at least three years towards a law degree. Whereas you, whereas all I had to know before is how how are how is the die of a CPU made? Now I have to understand like all all these legal points. Uh, and one of the one of the additional problems of these search warrants is that the part of the principle of the search warrant is that if there's a search, if if uh, someone wins a search warrant to search your property, at some point promptly you have to be informed that this search warrant has been issued how do you issue a search how do you inform potentially tens of thousands of people about this warrant and secondly instead of this being executed within 48 hours it can take months for this to happen so the aclu is on this Uh, google is limited in what they can say uh because they are prohibited from talking about it um they uh said uh uh, the uh, Google spokesperson Aaron Stein uh, was not allowed to talk specifically about it uh, or whether how f- how badly they were fighting against uh, the investigators in Raleigh, North Carolina. Did have a quote: uh, "We have a long established process that that determines how law enforcement may request data about our users. We carefully review each request and always push back when they are overly broad." So get this plus other incidents that I that I know of and some that have been made public, I do believe that they're like, OK, we can't we we can't say we I believe that they have that they have helped in these cases when forced to. But they are not happy about it. And I'm sure there's going to be pushback about this. This is really, really ticks me off. Yeah, I'm kind of holding back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding back a lot uh, just because. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I have the same problem, right, is that at some level, maybe I'm stupid, maybe I'm naive, but I do trust Google with a lot of my data. Like, that's why I use their services because I trust that they value my data enough that they'll protect it, like, however they can. Because if my data leaks, that's really as bad for them as it is for me. But the problem is that I don't trust a lot of the, and I don't want to get political, but I don't trust a lot of the actors sort of in various other countries, like be they government or law enforcement or whatever, not because they don't, do a good job and they keep people safe. Like I'm sure they do like in all these particular cases, but I don't trust them to have my best interests at heart because if I'm an investigator trying to solve a case, like why do I care that I'm violating like Andy's privacy mm-hmm. or Flo's privacy? If I can somehow like crack the case or figure out who did it or get close to it, like that's my job. Like that's what I'm employed to do. And if now I can somehow, you know, potentially if this search warrant gets up, upheld and doesn't get sort of, you know, overturned or or rejected or whatever and that goes through, then, then there's precedent for me to do that like in every case. And why why wouldn't you? Like that just is going to make yeah. my job way easier. Like it's not my job as an investigator to worry about like your privacy, I guess. And that's that's the part that really makes me start to feel uncomfortable because a lot of other companies have my data too. Like I have a whole bunch of stuff backed up to iCloud. Um, you know, Apple can be legally obliged to turn that over to, to people when they have That's like true. in a few select cases. Like I have 
data everywhere, like with all these different companies. And a lot of their servers are over in the US. So even though I'm an Australian citizen and mm -hmm. I live over here and, you know, I'm not particularly doing anything in the US, all my data lives in the US. And that, that does creep me out like every now and again. Wow. <laughs> that is... <laughs> That concept, sorry, just that concept, which is like you live, you are very far removed from all the stuff that's happening over here. And yet your data somehow still becomes sort of cog in this machine. Yeah, I'd say the majority of my data, like with all these different yeah. services I use across a ton of different like um, vendors, yeah. it probably 99% of it is in the US because that's where the majority of data centers are hosted. Like very few things sort of come all the way to Australia to, to be cached. That's mainly like content. So if I watch a movie, ironically, that'll get served from Australia because it's faster. But all my other content lives in your country. Uh, Andy, you made a really good point earlier about how as journalists, we've sort of had to learn a lot more legal jargon than maybe <laughs> some of us have bargained for uh, <laughs> versus, you know, being tech journalists for a long time, what really mattered were specs and just sort of, you know, these other little elements of what make up technology. Now the elements of what make up technology, because technology involves data and involves all of this, you know, these personal touches that, uh, there are no, there are no protections for these things as they're evolving. Like there's no human protection from these things as they get bigger and better. And uh, as machines become more, you know, as machines become better at churning out this data and managing it all, there's no way just to protect us. I mean, yeah. no, it's uh, the, the, I've had to learn about international law now, and I'm really envious of uh, how things are run in this regard in the EU uh, and in England where there are actual laws that define mm -hmm. per, that in many ways define personal information as you, you own it it's yours if you want to destroy it you can destroy it and to uh, to a very real uh, extent if a company wants to collect your information they are just licensing this data from you but it's still your data and you can rescind that license at any time in England there's actually a government advocate that does nothing but look yeah. out for the privacy uh, interests of individuals. And so the, the 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 more of these sort of stories that I research and, and write and talk about, the more I'm certain that we need something almost akin to a, a new amendment to the Constitution, a new part of the Bill of Rights that says explicitly that your personal information, your personal digital information, is your property. It can only be licensed to other corporations and other other entities, and you can revoke that license at any time. There is no advocacy, none, uh, and there is nothing that can be done. There is no protection for individual citizens against all kinds of mal malfeasance. Equifax, the, that big huge, the company that mm -hmm. every single bank, every single landlord, every, every employers rely on to get an opinion on your trustworthiness. The, the the one of the most huge containers of personal information and damaging information had a huge leak of tens of millions of of accounts. Is anybody going to jail? No. We have a well. Okay, maybe the maybe the executive who sold a whole bunch of Equifax stock before he knew that it was when he knew that the this was about to come out and be made public. Maybe, but the but much much less reparations to the people who have been affected by this. Much less uh, this company being said you are no longer entitled to uh, to transact personal and private information because you are not you, you don't have that that kind of expertise anymore there is nothing to it's you just it's like the good old days of the 1900s uh, 1910s 1920s where you could just say 
actually, there's absolutely a paper mill could say there's really nothing saying that we can't dump these 10,000 gallons of mercury right into the river that becomes part of the water supply. Why don't we do that? <laughs> and that's how bad things are. And that's how that's how serious this this problem is not going to get less serious. And I mean, you're and you're absolutely right, uh, Russell, that uh, even our, the government is sometimes playing cute that way that uh, if a if a government agency is is not cannot legally surveil its own people but it can have a foreign agency surveil a person of interest and then get that information from them they can uh, realize that oh well here is uh, uh, the fitbit company has a has a gps enabled tracker again we cannot attach a gps tracker to somebody and get that data without uh, without a warrant but we can basically insist that fitbit give us that information so we essentially have that power for ourselves it's a it's a huge huge mess oh this this has already happened in australia andy i don't i don't know if you sort of got the story out your way but i think um yeah, I remember. yeah last year or so they they passed uh, the government passed a law basically saying that every single service provider that provides you with internet so that's every single one in the country like no exceptions has to retain your metadata for i think two years and if you'd like metadata what the heck is that it's like every single website you visit every single ping like your all your internet connected devices send out like the ip address is going to like the basic information every single like message you send like via the internet even if they don't have the content of the message they potentially have like where it was going or which service it was you know going over and that's you join some of that stuff up and that's a huge amount of data to put into government hands and i mean this is not even like u.s politics we're talking australia now like has all this data that's that's just insane to me and there was like a minor uproar and then it passed into law and like I bet you if you survey Australians on the street today, they'd be like, don't know what you're talking about. Like, didn't even know that was a thing. Like, it just, it was huge news for a week and then it disappeared, passed into law and suddenly, like, it's the law of the land. Like, yeah, there really needs to be some changes on this front and not just in America, like in, in Australia and other countries as well. Like, it's just, it's kind of gotten to the point where it's, yeah, it's now, it's out of hand. It was like a funny sort of theoretical probability that you know maybe if you track this and this you could put that together and suddenly have a picture of what russell does during the day that's not even theoretical anymore like you can put that together you know exactly what russell does during the day you don't need my permission either like it even though it's my data you you don't need my permission at all to, to do that i just feel as long as there's an excuse to have our data for some sort of like for some sort of reason that quote unquote keeps the world safe uh my data is always going to be yeah. It's always going to be up for grabs by the government. I was just, while you guys were talking, I was just like, I accidentally went on a, a quiet <laughs> little rabbit hole of the Patriot Act because I, you know, it comes in and out. Apparently, I missed the fact, by the way, that it was reenacted in 2015. Yep. <laughs> it's the USA Freedom Act. I don't know why I missed that, but I, I did uh, until 2019. So, Can, anyway. I, I have a question but for hey, you too. Do, do you it's think the Freedom that. Act. It's the freedom act. That's right. It keeps you safe. And aren't you a patriot? Don't you love your country? Um, but the, the thing is, do you do you guys? Think I do that- actually. I just want to put that out there. I really no. I just I I very much. Love uh, I'm ambival- ambivalent about your country. That. Like I, I'll take it or leave it. Like it's it's good for going over there and getting products and then getting the heck out. Like once I'm done. But um, <laughs> but you two came from it, so that's something good. Um, no, but in all seriousness, like, do you think this is where private companies like Google actually need to take the first steps to say we can see this is a problem. This is only going to get to be a bigger problem, like Andy says, like do they need to start actually treating our data in different ways before the government sort of comes down and like makes them do it? Do they really want to pump the money into the litigation for that? Because that is like a lot of, they got a lot 
patent trolls to fight. They've got all their stuff that they are fighting in the courts for. I don't think that they want to go to the courts. I think it would be maybe some good consumer juju to do that, like just to show that, hey, we're really going to protect you. And look, we're not actually like we're sticking by our by our uh, you know our motto to do no no evil, but that's <laughs> that would cost a lot of money for them to actually take that and implement some sort of legal status for people in the U.S. I mean, I I kind of feel like like something really bad needs to happen, um, like somebody needs to have their data misused. Somebody needs to be wrongfully accused of murder because of the data so- and. Somebody who has who has a secret P tape being held by a foreign national that might be on some private government server. If that were made public, like wow. if someone were to because of because of bad there. because of bad security on that server, you know, where I don't. It's I I just I actually disagree because. Um, Google certainly has the legal the, the money and the firepower to fight True. and that's the reason why Apple and Google they are they're I think that they're I really do think that they're doing a lot more than the government is to protect individual privacy uh, and part of it is part of it is because I think actual they believe that that's not the role of that's not their role to help the government or help law enforcement to help individual lawyers uh, uh, abuse the information they've been collecting about you but also because they do not want to be constrict conscripted into an unofficial arm of United States law enforcement, which is what happens if they don't say, "Look, no, I I know that you think that you just need a court order, but you do not. You need a you need a <laughs> you need a search warrant, and even so, we are going to be filing appeals to make sure that you that even a search warrant will not do this and will not uh, do this adequately anymore. Uh, and even if even if they didn't feel this, how much time and if. Uh, uh, it it should be. I have to say, in in uh, in fairness, that they're not just looking. Uh, the Raleigh police are not going after jaywalkers. They're not going after you know people who stole a TV or something. These are pe- these are murders, and these are like arsonists. And when I talk to law enforcement, they're uh, they are often very very sound very rational. They're simply saying that we go but we do whatever is legal. If you don't want us to do this, then make this illegal. Tell your lawmakers to to define what we can and can't do. If we know that there is a pile of data that says these three people were in the scene, it was just, just like if just like we know that if there was a security camera across the street recording this, we're going to go across the street. We're going to try to get that footage because if we have footage of the individual who killed this person, we want that footage. That's that's doing our job. Uh, but at the same time, this isn't something that can be uh, assumed that because because the uh, Google has this amazing treasure trove of information, it's going to always be tempting uh, to every all kinds of agencies to say they might have the actual answer we're looking for. All we have to do is again file the right paperwork and make the, make the give it to them, give, make them give it to us. So it's it's difficult when you see the uh, we, we really do have uh the hot the the hot warm and cold settings here between facebook which i don't think really cares about privacy at all and i think they continually 
support that to that conclusion to Google, which every time I talk to a security, someone who works in security at Google, they f- they may as well be wearing like monks robes and, you know, be be at Vespers at 4 a.m. in the morning. They religiously believe that it is their job. It is their duty to keep data private, personal and safe. But the problem is that they are collect. They are they still have this big, huge silo of information that they can't run their business unless they have this information somewhere where it can be accessed. So it's always going to be a valuable thing for people to want to raid either through legal paperwork or through skullduggery. And then you have Apple that has absolutely no financial interest uh, in your personal data. So they can do things like say, guess what? We don't even have the encryption keys to your data. And we also destroy data as soon as we are done using it. So we don't, you can subpoena us. You can, you can throw whatever legal paperwork you have, you want at us, but we don't have this this location data of this user at this time. So we cannot help you. So there's always going to be this sort of, uh, Google will always be the lukewarm water between the hot and the cold, and they're they're always going to be the ones that have to make sure that they are they are as above board and transparent as possible. I still it would take a lot for me to stop trusting Google because I think that on the whole they do a lot. Facebook, what they do is for the good of Facebook only. Uh, Google, they do a lot of good for the entire world. What the how different would things be without Google Translate, without Google Maps? Uh, and a hundred other th- things, a, a smartphone operating system that can be put on a $50 smartphone. That's not something that uh, can be done without, unless you're making a lot of money through ads and stuff like that. I do believe that on the whole, they are a force of good, but the way the way they do business makes them a just by their size, enough of a danger that they have to put so much effort into maintaining our faith in them. So I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out if I can, quit Facebook because I would really like to, but Google, they would have to screw up way bigger (laughs) uh, in a way that I don't think they're capable of screwing up for me to consider doing the same thing. On that note, shall we head (laughs) into our last ad of the show? Happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, happy, joy, joy, everybody happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, happy, joy, joy, joy. This episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace. Enter offer code MATERIAL at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain name, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create a portfolio. Or maybe you want to create a blog. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do all of those things. There's nothing new to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't even have to worry about any of that stuff because Squarespace has got it covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help, and they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of the award-winning templates that they offer are beautifully designed, and they're for you to show off your great ideas. When my friends and I needed to put together a little blog for a little side project, we went to Squarespace, because Squarespace plans start at just 12 bucks a month. You can start with a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code MATERIAL to get 10% off your first purchase, and to show you support for shows like Material. We thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Okay, so now now for some more, some lighter material. <laughs> AR, AR, 
Sorry, Arr. no. Instant apps. Instant Arr. apps. Let's talk about instant apps first. Okay, so this week is GDC here in Bay Area, California, where I reside. Um, granted, I'm nowhere near the GDC grounds, but, you know, my Twitter feed has been all a buzz. Uh, my husband went and did a little uh, walkthrough today. This week was also the week that Google chose to make a couple of announcements to kind of coincide with the Game Developers Conference. Yes, that's what GDC stands for, by the way, for those who <laughs> did not realize that's that's what I was saying. So one of the announcements, which kind of evolves off of an idea that I believe was introduced at Google I.O. a couple years ago, which is Instant Apps. It was a couple years ago, yeah? 2016? Yeah, these I think were it was introduced? first announced two years ago. yeah. So the idea is, you know, you're in the Play Store, you see an app. Oh, that looks interesting. I don't want to download it to see if it's worth it, but I guess I should. Maybe you're in a low, low connection zone and you need to use like one specific feature of an app. So the idea is you can kind of like, you know, launch these really quickly within like the little window and use the basic functionality. So Google brought this over to its games. Well, not its games, but games, other games, uh, people who are making games. So the idea is you come into the Play Store, you walk in, hey, I want to play a game. I don't know what to play. You know, games are really hard too. I think Instant Apps really works for this particular category because they're really hard to gauge by just the icon alone. And there's so many indie game makers out there and so many big studios making some really interesting smartphone games and just but just the sheer idea of me trying to find anything out of the pile stuff it's just very overwhelming with this you can actually go into the google play store or as i discovered yesterday you can go into the google play games app and you can play right now one of six any of the six games that are available to test so one of them includes the Clash Royale game, of course. That's a very popular one. Another one is Zynga's Solitaire and Words with Friends. That's still around. Popular title. Words with Friends. <laughs> that is a lot of people still play it. By the way, I'm sometimes I'm sometimes surprised when I when I see the people. It's a game that people still enjoy, and you know what? That's good. Who doesn't love a good game of Scrabble? <laughs> <laughs> no, this this is really cool. This didn't really take off in the app world, I think, for a whole bunch of reasons. Like one is it requires developers to to retool their their apps or whatever. And this is this is the thing about games, right? So what a lot of people don't realize is, let's say you got an app like Pocket Cast, right? We've been developing that since 2010. So we just continually add features and sort of change things and roll updates into it and remove things, add things. Like it's just it's just an evolution. Like over time, a lot of successful apps are like that. Like you, you look at any sort of app on the store and that's what it's like. It's like birthing a baby. Exactly. Yeah. And then yeah, paying for the damn thing and, and changing then you shape it. And, yeah, all that sort <laughs> yes. of stuff. But the thing is with the game, right, it's very different to having a baby because there's a ton of effort that goes into a game. Like I'm not trying to, you know, reduce that at all. Like games are hard. Oh. But then you put the game out there and apart from patching the game and potentially adding a few levels and things, like the game is done. Like the game is finished and what you do is you go into the next game and maybe you make a sequel or you make something in a completely different genre. But the reason I think this could be more successful in the games industry is that whole pipeline of building a game, releasing a game, promoting a game, moving on to the next game, like it could really be suited to the instant app thing because one of the reasons we haven't adopted is like, ah, oh, do I really want to spend the effort of retooling the different app to, to put it in these download-friendly chunks and put this particular functionality in there and put this in there, whereas a game developer can have the core of their game plus one or two levels and they give these things mostly out for free sure. anyway. Like if, even if there's an in-app purchase, generally they'll let you play three or four levels to, to you know get you hooked and now they can do that in a structured way. They're like, 
Andy really likes this game. He taps one button, he just starts playing the game instantly. If Andy is really hooked by this game, he can just be like, "Yep, I love it." Install the rest of the game. Like it's the rest of it. Yeah, it's Mm. in theory, it's a lot. It's a lot more of a smoother experience, and I think that's important. Like in the game space, like a lot of marketing people will tell you, like what turns people off? It's the whole install, like get, pay for, install, like press a whole bunch of buttons before I can start playing the game. If we can just you know, instantly start playing it. And then once you hook, say, hey, do you really love this game? You know, give us three bucks or whatever and you can play the rest of it. I, I, I haven't seen this in practice. Like obviously there's only, like Flo said, six apps that are sort of launched with this feature. But if this becomes a thing, like it, it could really like accelerate, I guess, gaming on Android. It's called for Google, Play, Google Play Instant. Google Play Instant. Google Play Instant. Just so <laughs> when you can all you know. Play it instantly what it's called uh the second sort of little announcement that came out this week was actually i mean it was actually kind of i would say it was kind of a quieter one but that's the ar experiments so we have listed in our little show notes the just align ar experiment which is a continuously an app that continuously draws like you can just basically draw on live video, which is super cool. And this works in augmented reality, but it's not the only app that Google's rolling out with this. This is actually what they announced this week is that they've got 60 AR titles coming to the Play Store with AR core capabilities. So if you have an AR core enabled phone, uh, a lot of the latest Samsung phones are AR core enabled. Obviously the latest Pixels are AR core enabled. There's a couple of others out there as well. Uh, the OnePlus 5 is I believe is AR core enabled. Uh, you can try these. You can try these apps. So it's not just this fun app called just a line. It's also apps like IKEA launched a new, you know, augmented reality <laughs> yeah. app. So you can try on the furniture. Wayfair launched uh, AR core enhancements. Um, I believe, yeah. There's a bunch of them out there. Uh, they're not all launched yet, though. Yeah, but, to, but to, it, just to, let's not skim over just a line. It's fun as hell. It it's, is. I haven't should, used it yet, to be I've, honest. I, I unfortunately I used it like inside my house, and I wanted to post video, but I don't want to post video of inside my house. I understand. But but basically, it's 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 sort of like, uh, do you know the the that three D paintbrush app? Uh, that was uh, uh, that, that like tilt brush that uh, if mm-hmm. you have if you have actual VR gear that lets you like actually do like 3D sculptures in real time. So it's kind of like that. Only all you need is an AR kit enabled phone, so you can actually just like walk through a space and draw on the screen. So you can just like stop here and just like draw a picture of like a like a heart or draw or draw words or whatever. And it now that becomes like a like a piece of white neon in that space. And so then you can, and then once you're done, like adding this like uh, 3D graffiti in the middle of the air, you can then like take a, re- start video recording and walk through the space and just, <laughs> and, like, and you oh, can no. zoom and you can like move it closer yeah. and actually see it. You can only do, it looks like you only do 10 seconds at a time though. Yeah, exactly. But, Still, so you can't do, you can, you can't do like a like a whole like music video based on it. But I'm sure someone's going to do it with I ten mean, second clips. You could. It would just take you a really dang long time, or better be a really short piece of music. Uh, but it'd be, but it'd be, <laughs> it costs you a lot less money than it would to like rent a studio to do stuff like this, or hire your friend. It'd be a lot cheaper yeah. than hiring your friend too. But that's that, that that's it's it's cool. That's this is how you this is how you kind of like try to sell people on a certain phone or a certain operating system. All these 
really cool demos that's just show me something show me uh, it's the first time a friend shows you something cool on their phone that's available for iphone but not android or vice versa that's when and if they're like two months away from having to get a new phone they're like oh, I, I would like to draw pictures of fish in the middle of the air and then pretend that i'm chasing fish in the middle of my office that would be that sounds You're right like i should I should try to find a way to integrate this into my social media. I think that's going to be my new goal in leading into the weekend is to find ways to integrate this into my social media because this is a very cool thing. Although I think it is worth mentioning that, you know, AR is still a very nascent technology in the sense that people know it exists, I think. I think people know kind of what it is, like the concept of it. But I I feel like there's only so much use for placing like the furniture thing like i just okay yeah that's <laughs> well so that's... It's, you, you're still you still i think the video yeah. stuff is super cool for like the social media but i'm still waiting for like the one ruler app to come out yeah so i could stop having to go to the toolbox in the little closet on the other side of the house and actually grabbing the tape measure like i just need for that to become a part of my phone so that i can do that every day and i will have officially considered ar to be successful by then can I, can I can I say that like I I closed on, I closed on this new space right around when the iPhone uh, 10 was actually released. So mm-hmm. yes, I had like the I had an amp, totally bare bare floors, bare walls space and the IKEA app and this thing and even then it really didn't occur to me to shop yeah. for furniture but and it was it would have been the most brilliant place to, oh how about a sofa over there how about a bookcase over there it was still me <laughs> taking just literally drag and drop shopping andy you missed yeah. out on it <laughs> it well unfortunately you can only drag and drop IKEA furniture so how good is it going to look but i mean at the same at the same oh, time i was still just like back, taking andy how furniture is the best my swedish accent uh, is terrible just don't just don't put more than eight books on it, and you're 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 fine. It's <gasps> it's good. No, it's it's it's, it's really it's, it's really hard to find quality furniture in this day and age. I'm just gonna put that out there into the world. Uh, <laughs> I will say I, I, I can't <laughs> believe you're impugning mean, the good name of Jakob Nooks and Blads. It's a great term. No, no, no. Listen, a, most of my house is IKEA, but I'm just saying it's also not the best furniture out there. I'm saying I'm saying I'm it's, not, it's not good. Stand for this. I'm definitely not going to sit on it either because it's made out of a paper thin honeycomb. So do not do <laughs> not really sit is, on those but, tables. Let me tell you. But it, but I I will say this in favor of IKEA. It's like uh, I did buy a piece of IKEA furniture because I thought that that's what I would really what a piece of furniture that would look really good in that space is sort of like a like a one of those waist high. Sort of like a, a waist high sort of table that goes like the whole length of the wall, and the, a good piece of furniture like that was going to cost like six, seven, eight hundred dollars. But I didn't know if it was not but an IKEA. I, IKEA, I can spend one hundred and fifty <laughs> bucks, and yeah, it is like it is it is honeycomb cardboard with laminate on top of it. But if it, it served me well for six or seven for like the past like four or five months, it was the only piece of furniture in the house for about a month. So that's that's fine. I'm just I'm just saying that there are limits to how uh, uh, there's a difference between a really good shopping demo and something that you actually wind up using. Even the ideal user, like like me, at that time. No, um, but I, I agree with you. I absolutely agree. And it's the same with games. Like the thing that all these manufacturers tend to show off is Google and Apple are both guilty of this. Is games? Look at the AR games. Aren't they amazing? But often it's the small experiences that are more fun. Like I found that Star Wars sticker thing to be 
um, hugely fun to show off to people. So even when I went to Melbourne and like met with some relatives who all use iPhones, they're like, show us this, you know, Google thing. And I showed them the Star Wars stickers and they're like, that's cool. And then maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe the other cool thing you want to do, I'm not suggesting you try a thing, maybe, maybe you get the uh, that app that lets you draw lines and maybe you draw some anatomy, you know, maybe you draw it on the wall or some public sculptures and then you giggle at it. You can show your friends. You're like, or, look what I drew or, or on Michelangelo's may- David. Yeah, it's bigger. That's right. Or maybe you take video of like your 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 little brother or little sister, and you wonder why everyone's laughing at him on Instagram because he doesn't know that he was he, there was a thought bubble and he's thinking about poop. <laughs> Genius. So if you head into the Play Store um, in the U.S., if you head into the Play Store, at least the first thing that you'll see is a little card for AR. You can tap on that, and it'll show you all the apps. Uh, I'm just going to run down the list very quickly. There's a human anatomy Atlas AR app. So uh, you want oh, to go do that, go anatomy. have some fun. I draw it myself. Pottery Barn 3D, which is furniture, <laughs> Jet, um, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Jeep, uh, eBay, Porsche, Food Network, Obviously, Snapchat, which I guess makes me think they're using AR Core, <laughs> which is another interesting thing. I'm going to file to the back of my mind. Visualizer. I want the Food Network app. I want like every time I having having like a lean <laughs> cuisine. If I just look through my phone, it looks like I'm having like an Alton Brown like three course meal. Oh, hold on. There. Wait, wait, wait. There's an app for that. It's called Rewe Virtual Eatery. Get inspired by mouth watering augmented reality. Choose a dish and explore <laughs> it. See what it's made of. Check out each product. Wow. It's just right there for you. It's spelled R-E-W-E, Rewe, Virtual Eatery. So if you want to go see that. I'm sorry, but that <laughs> sounds weird. We're, we're running out of words to trademark. We're, we're going to yes. make up less and less pro- plausible ones. There's also an AR to go inside the heart, the human heart. It's called Insight Heart. Um, I, what is it with you people and your fascination with AR body parts? Lord almighty. Uh, (laughs) there's a couple of AR camera apps. Uh, Ooh, portal AR step into Scotland. (laughs) It's an augmented reality app that allows you to step into modern Scotland. Scotland. It's a beautiful country. I love it. I love it. No, I, I I want a version of the portal game in AR. Imagine being able to like have a portal gun and just put the blue put the blue, blue the blue portal on one wall, the red on the other, and just like just watch sheep just jump from one to the other all day long. There you go, Valve. Get on that. I, I would instant app the hell out of that one. <laughs> well, there you go. So there's a bunch of apps you can go check them out. There will be sixty rolling out in this period. Um, and so our last little piece of news before we close out the show for this week is a fun little a fun little thing that's going around that I think you know excites the three of us, which is that TechCrunch is reporting that Lytro was shopped around to Apple, Facebook, just about everybody with little interest. Uh, the sale price could be as little as twenty five million, which is really just pennies in a bucket for these uh, large on, Silicon Flo. Valley conglomerates. Nice. Twenty five million. About it. Some cash. Yeah. Well, no, that it, good for you, Lytro. Like I'm not even worth that much. Okay, especially because I remember that but Andy had one of these. For Silicon Andy? Valley's billions, and Andy's reviews was like, mm, not so yeah. great actually. Well, Lytro is that company that that uh, the first company to do a cam an actual physical camera that was using light field technology, 
And this is a concept where instead of having yeah. uh, having light go through a lens and then focusing focusing it on a piece of film or or, or a sensor, it is actually like a a bunch of <laughs> what essentially is like a dozens and dozens and dozens of lenses and dozens and dozens and dozens of sensors on this little thing. So it's trying to create a picture of what actual individual beams of light are doing, so you can then get depth information, do all kinds of. Uh, magical th you're basically collecting data from which you will then construct a picture uh and so the the uh the first camera i think they went on sale for something like eight or nine hundred dollars by the time i bought it it was like on overstock.com for 50 and at that point yes i was all in on the litro light field camera and boy was it junk it just the, the whole the whole the, it's big magic trick was that you can take a picture and then later on decide do i want like the flowers in the foreground to be even focused do i want the lady That's behind what the Google's floors buying. right so so they're <laughs> buying it for maybe like uh, so uh TechCrunch says 40 million but maybe as little as 25 million which is kind of sobering when you realize that they were uh, they have received a, at least a couple hundred million dollars in funding uh, up to this point, so maybe not the, oh. the gold rush that these investors Jeez. were hoping for. Uh, That's but, a lot of lost money. Yeah, but, yeah, but welcome but to Silicon it's, Valley. Yeah, <laughs> it's sometimes, some, sometimes you get the Facebook, sometimes you get the MySpace, sometimes you get the sometimes you get the PayPal, sometimes you get the flus. Uh, <laughs> So they there's a the, so Lytro investors got a major floozing, let's say uh, on this one. Uh, but uh, so the, there was of course the legendary our two, the, the they they then did a high end camera which also flopped. So then they decided to pivot to VR because again their technology is capturing light field data which involves lots of 3D basically that you, know, you can construct 3D views from and lots and lots of depth information from so if you actually match this up with a capture rig that can capture multiple perspectives at the same time uh it can be very very interesting it it, it gives you the ability to create vr uh, virtual reality views in capture that don't cause people to want to throw up when they're wearing those glasses for more than let's say 18 seconds at a time uh, and certainly at especially at 25 million dollars it's not nothing but to get a hold of that technology uh for very little money it seems like you may as well pick it up of course, it, it does mean it does mean something if, if this report is true that again Apple said Apple was not very interested, Facebook was not very interested, uh, Google said eh, let me go through this let me go through the sofa. Uh, okay, well we got eighteen million in the sofa. Let's tell you hey, what. If here's we, if, what I'm going to do. <laughs> if there's three million in the in the coffee vending machine, <laughs> do, do you have a, do you have like promotional hats or t-shirts that they could we there's could some burn money for in our play fund yeah yeah here's we'll five, five dollars of it in cash you can have the rest in stock because my goodness do we yeah. have a lot of that stuff lying around so if they if they were to use it we we certainly wouldn't see this like in a new phone it's not like there's going to be a light field camera phone uh, technology in the next uh, pixel phone or anything don't like that don't replace my beautiful whatever's going on <laughs> with the pixel camera right now just improve on that it doesn't need to be anything more Right, cool. Maybe put some hands. more little optics in there or whatever. I don't know. Maybe put in a little, you know, I don't know. Figure something out. <laughs> Try to do you something. Do Google. Machine well, learning. Okay. <laughs> just do something. Yeah. Just do something wild. Uh, by the way, I just I just want to interject this conversation to say that another part of the release of the AR apps is a uh, app called Beer Pong AR. Ooh. And uh, it's 99 America's cents in the game. Play Store. 
play the ultimate augmented reality version of beer pong. Do we so so drink the virtual beer different and then balls. throw your phone into like Basketball. a cup? I'm very confused. So you're taking you're taking a game that is really just an excuse for for underage drinking, and you're removing the alcohol part of it. <laughs> I'm yes. not sure. I'm not sure. I see. What, I'm not sure this is going to be a top uh, top revenue generator uh, on the Play Store. Wait, Russell, do you know what beer pong is? Oh, we know what beer pong is because in every okay. damn movie you export to our country, but we don't we don't really play beer pong. Here. You don't, we, but you don't play it. Okay, we're oh, professional you know drinkers here in Australia. We have our own games. We don't need to import your games, please, please. Or you could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the legal drinking age is 18 here as well which which helps i believe it's 21 in most of your country or some of your country or i don't even know i just watch the so, movies that's all i do so 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 to translate to, to to double upon like the shame of america at 18 years old the average australian is drinking at a collegiate level okay at, at the at the level of a college junior that's we, right Damn it! We, this is not. This will not stand. Also, drink responsibly, kids. Because let me tell you, like from eighteen-year-old Russell to however old I am now, I'm not revealing that on the show. Like you learn that maybe it's not about the the quantity. Maybe it's just about the quality and the people you know you choose to spend your time with. That's that's my advice to the college kids about to turn twenty-one or eighteen, or probably in Europe, like fifteen. Who knows what the uh, the legal age over there is? They're always ahead of us. Um, we mm. should probably wrap this show, though. <laughs> they are ahead of us. I'll just well, young, with, yes. with, with one, la- one last piece of advice uh, for for the kid drinkers out there: try to choose a drinking venue where you're already sitting down. <laughs> that's so a good one. That 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 and allows you to really quickly. Number one, because a, a absolute, absolutely, you're not drinking and driving because you're an idiot. If you do that, don't do that. But some some of you might say, "Hey, look, look, watch me do this cool trick on a bike." You definitely don't want to do that. It's not illegal, but you will definitely brain yourself, no matter how many YouTube is. <laughs> so basically, beach chair or like in the living room, like sofas and chairs with your friends. And really, if you're if you don't have to worry about standing up and walking, you could really enjoy that whiskey you can really enjoy that that port wine you can really enjoy that beer or that stoli and lemonade Ooh. swizzle it around in my mouth oh sorry <laughs> that was my college years russell remember to get access to all kinds of bonuses including the 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 material <laughs> bartender's guide including <laughs> mixologist <laughs> favorite mixologist favorite drink, favorite drink recipes from all of your favorite material hosts a whole recipe book of, of alcoholic recipes that you can swizzle in your mouth for those on-the-go drinking sessions. <laughs> what you want to do is breathe the air in through your teeth to so get that full taste. And um, before we go full alcohol on you, um, <laughs> if people want more of these kind of tips or they just want to synthesize your voice and put it onto their uh, smart speaker's flow, where, where can they find more? Uh, you can find me on Twitter right now. I'm just on Twitter right, right now. Right now. At? Right now I'm on Twitter. I pro yeah, I gotta update my website. I'm going on vacation in like a week, so I'll do it before then. Just gotta get through this next week. And that's oh, oh that flow, I believe. Is that right? That's oh that flow. That's Such right. Oh that so flow. Damn it. I'm also on Snapchat and Instagram. <laughs> and Andy, I'm if people want to find medias. more of you, maybe they want to find pictures of you and draw like anatomy on you in 3D. Like where where can they find all this stuff? I'm not sure we need more of my anatomy out there, but uh, go to Instagram, go to Twitter. Uh, I'm Anatko on both or go to Anatko.com for my bloggy stuff and go to Chicago Sometimes website at sometimes.com for my tech writing. 
And if you want to find some not very interesting stuff, you can find it at twitter.com slash rustyshelf. That's where you generally find my stuff. It's weird, isn't it? I don't know about YouTube. I don't particularly like Twitter that much, but yet that's the thing I give out every week and I'm like, that's where you can find me. So I never see you because yeah. we're on an opposite time. <laughs> yeah, like- we're in the wrong time zones. Well, you're in the wrong time zone. I'm obviously in the correct one. Let's, let's not go get there. Um, you can email the show at uh, – well, what is our email? It's – Materialpodcast at gmail.com. That's it. Uh, you can go to relay.fm slash material to uh, find out more about the show. You can find past episodes there. You can even become a member and get our members exclusive show that we do once a year because it's, it's just that awesome and you really should. Um, you can also find us obviously on Twitter, Material Podcast, you know, on Twitter as well. And until next week, you know, drink responsibly but drink sitting down. <laughs>